Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Freely Nourish, the podcast that empowers you to break the cycle of dieting by teaching you to nourish your body well. I am your host, owner, and operator of New You Nutrition. My name is Erin Casey. I am a registered dietitian. And like I said, at New You, we do exactly that. We help you break free from that vicious cycle of on again, off again diets, help you actually achieve meaningful behavioral goals, uh, get you to where you want to be and make you build a sustainable habit so you can stay there. Uh, So if that is something that sounds of interest to you, if you are brand new to this page, welcome. Uh, We have, of course, our weekly podcast where we are giving, you know, tips and tricks, uh, you know, various diet culture myths. We do interviews sometimes. Uh, But of course, we have lots of freebies available on the website as well. Those are everything from downloadable, you know, packets and planners and things of that nature to get you started. We also have some options for online uh, coursework to kind of help you with meal planning and prepping. And then, of course, we have our one-on-one coaching. Uh, One-on-one coaching, obviously, is where we work with you one-on-one to work through what your specific goals are for your health, and we help come up with a new nutrition plan that matches that. Uh, There is no one-size-fits-all for nutrition. So of course, that one-on-one counseling is crucial for a lot of people to get to their goals. Um, that said, I always tell people my goal for you is not for you to pay me, you know, once a week, once a month, whatever, for the rest of your life. My goal is for you to not need me anymore. Um, so we really focus on helping you get to those behaviors that are you're going to be able to sustain for a long period of time to help you reach those goals, but then also maintain them. Um, And today I'm going to talk to you a little bit about kind of one of the first steps I take with many of my clients. So if you've been here for a while, you know that we are all about food freedom on this podcast, um, on all of my social media pages, of course, in my practice as well. Um, We are all about helping people kind of find that freedom with food. And what that means is it helps you, or I'm sorry, we are working with you to get you to a point where you basically don't have any rules around food. Okay. Um, And some of us, you know, if we've grown up in diet culture and we have, you know, kind of had a varying set of rules, right? You know, the the rules change, right? First, it was like, well, we do all low fat things then we do all low calorie things. Now we do all low carb things, you know, but there's always rules, right? Some foods are good. Some foods are bad. And what we spend an extensive amount of time in my practice focusing on is, unlearning all of that, right? Because to be perfectly honest with you, that's all bullshit. Um, So what we learn is that, okay, we can actually trust our bodies, right? A lot of that comes from, okay, we don't, you know, a a lot of um, diets kind of, you know, warp our perception of like what our bodies are supposed to feel like, what foods are nutritious. So we spend a lot of time unlearning those lies and learning the truth about food, about science, about your metabolism and your body. Um, So we focus on, you know, and and then ultimately you wind up in a place where you feel free to eat all of the foods that you want. and you don't binge on them. I think, you know, that's something that people are very, very skeptical of at first. They're like, so I can eat ice cream and cookies and brownies and like French fries and like still reach my goals. Yes. You can't eat them all day, every day and still reach your goals, but they can definitely still be part of your diet. And I think probably one of the most damaging aspects of diet culture and, and just diets in general is that it creates this 
lack of trust between yourself and your body. And that lack of trust leads to feelings of, I can't control myself around X, right? So whatever the food is for you, for some people, it's potato chips for other people, it's ice cream. Um, other people, it's just like bread or carbs or whatever. But the idea is that like, you feel like you can't trust yourself around it because every time you see it, you go nuts. Um, that is not a product of lack of self-discipline. I think, you know, what we tell ourselves is that I can't be trusted because I am in some way a weak person. I am, you know, I'm, I'm addicted to this food. I, um, you know, and the, there's a lot of fake news out there that, you know, talks about, and I, I will say, I do believe that food addiction is a thing, but what I'm about to talk about is not food addiction. Um, but people feel like, well, I just can't be trusted around, let me use potato chips as an example, right? Well, that means that I am, a, a, you know, a weak person. I have no self-discipline. Um, I, you know, I, I'm a failure in some fashion, right? Because I should be able to live my life without potato chips. Like, why can't I do it? And the reason why has nothing to do with the addictive nature of potato chips. And the reason why has absolutely nothing to do with your failure as a human. The reason why is because you've been restricting the potato chips or whatever it is that, that you restrict. But basically the more you tell yourself you cannot have something, the more you are going to want that thing. That is just the way the human brain works. It's the way it will always work. So when we work a lot through food freedom, we cut it off at the source, right? That's what we're doing. We are stopping that negative self-talk and that negative um, restriction of saying, I can't have this. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. And does that mean that you may gorge yourself on it for a small period of time afterwards when you finally allow yourself to have it? Yeah, maybe. But honestly, most people don't. They may be like, okay, I can have ice cream as often as I want. Like suddenly they don't crave it as much. Suddenly when they do have it, they feel that they can stop at a moderate serving. Suddenly they're not thinking about it all the time because it finally opened the doors and allowed that food into their life. So that's what we're working on when we say food freedom, right? And that can take a lot of work. That can take a lot of unpacking. There's often a lot of emotional issues that go along with that. Um, and, and it takes a lot of unlearning. It takes a lot of, quite frankly, it's harder and people don't talk about this, but it's harder to teach yourself that something you thought was true is not than it is to learn something new. Right. So like I can give you all of the evidence of, you know, this many people, you know, eat ice cream every day and they still lose weight, whatever. Like you can learn that knowledge and retain it on the learning that, you know, ice cream is bad for you. That is hard. That is exponentially harder because most of those thoughts, most of those behaviors, um, those came for most of us, at least when we were at a very young age. So those kind of formative years were quite literally our brain was developing. It developed with these thoughts in it. So it's very hard to unlearn them and rewire our brain to think differently about foods, but it is possible. It just takes time. Right. And I think very often people kind of hear this approach and they are very, very nervous because they are afraid they don't trust themselves yet. They don't trust food yet. They don't trust their body to respond appropriately yet. Um, so there's, there's a lot of anxiety that comes into this. And one of the things, um, we talk about is kind of, okay, where do we start? right? Where, where do I start? Right. Because, you know, I'm coming, most people are coming to me used to rules. They're used to restrictions. They're used to, you know, I, 
I, I have a meal plan. It's laid out X, Y, Z. And now you're just telling me to go, just go eat, eat whatever you want, whenever you want. Like that's not going to work, right? <laughs> that doesn't work for most people. We need a couple of steps in between there. Um, and what those steps tend to entail is what I like to call the three, four, three rule, or one of the steps anyway, I guess I should say that I use for some people is what I call the three, four, three rule. So I know I just spent about five minutes talking about how we don't do rules in my practice. This is probably the only rule that I will ever endorse. Um, and even then it's not for everybody. And, you know, it's, it's a short term thing. Um, I spoke a couple of weeks ago about hunger cues. And so I was sometimes, you know, when we haven't been feeding our bodies properly for some time, our hunger cues change and things like that. This is very similar, right? So a lot of times when we have restricted, um, you know, certain food groups or restricted certain foods, or kind of, we think that we have to eat like healthy or clean. It can be all of those thoughts get jumbled up in our brain. And even though I'm sitting here saying like, you can eat tacos. You can eat chicken wings. Like those are your proteins or, you know, what have you people are like, Oh, it never occurred to me to eat that food. Right. Because it's just like, Oh, that, that, that it just never crossed my mind. Um, so I think while we are in that phase of expansion, having kind of a, a small concrete rule. And when I tell you what it is, you'd be like, okay, that's not really a rule, but it's a starting place for a lot of people. Um, so three, four, three, right? I used to just call it the three, three rule. And then I, I had to adapt it. You'll, you'll see why in a minute. So the, the three, three rule is three meals a day, three food groups per meal. So very often, and I've gone through it on this podcast before, what I go through with clients is talking about our five main food groups. So those would be protein, carbohydrates, and by carbohydrates, that means like starches, grains. So like things like bread, rice, pasta, et cetera, fruits, vegetables, and then dairy is the fifth one. Of those five, I don't worry about dairy as much in adults, just because the reason why dairy is pushed so hard in kids is just because kids a lot of times are, um, they're food averse, um, or like they're just not open to a lot of different foods. And a lot of times that includes fruits and vegetables. So they may not be getting the vitamin and mineral content that they need from their fruits and vegetables, where milk is a great supplement for that. In adults, it is probably less necessary. There are things like calcium and vitamin D that are kind of solely in dairy products. Um, or I won't say solely in, in dairy products, but you get a bigger dose of them in dairy products. Um, but anyway, I worry less about the dairy in, in adults. I worry about fruits, vegetables, proteins, and then starches, grains, carbohydrates, kind of however you want to, want to frame that. Um, so three, three is three meals per day, which very often people who have come from various, you know, fasting regimens, various, um, you know, restrictions, you know, if there's any kind of like time restricted eating, uh, any kind of like, I just, you know, skip lunch because I get busy or, you know, whatever, like a, a lot of us skip meals. Uh, so this kind of helps to address that. Let's first and foremost, get you regulated to three meals per day. Um, you know, and those meals don't have to have to be breakfast, lunch, dinner. Um, I would have said before on the podcast and I'll say again, there are just some people who are, are not breakfast eaters, never have been, even when they were kids, they like just did not want breakfast. Their body just needs time to wake up before their digestive system is ready for food. Um, that's a real phenomenon. So you don't have to eat like first thing in the morning. First of all, breakfast can be like mid morning, like nine 30, 10 30, even 11 o'clock. And then lunch a little bit later, uh, around one or two. 
or you could skip the whole breakfast thing and just kind of have, you know, lunch, hefty afternoon snack and a dinner kind of later in the evening. Right. But there's three feeding points. Right. The, the second part, the three, three is three food groups. So a protein and a carbohydrate. So a protein and a starch have to be part of it. And then either a fruit or a vegetable. Um, so again, very simple, right? Three meals. Each of those three meals has to have a protein, a starch or a grain, and either a fruit or a vegetable. So, you know, it can be for breakfast. It could be, uh, you know, oatmeal with, you know, some nuts or peanut butter in it and a banana, right? Like that's a perfectly balanced breakfast. Uh, lunch could be a sandwich, right? You've got um, a protein, you've got your grain with the bread, and then you've got, you know, maybe you have an apple on the side or carrot sticks or something like that. You could always add in a fourth or fifth food group, right? So you can add in say cheese to your sandwich that would add a fourth group but you don't have to, right? It's just kind of, you have to have at least three. It has to have at least one protein, at least one starch or grain, and then at least one fruit or vegetable. Um, and that's just kind of where we start. Um, where I added in the four, so the three, four, three, is that you set your alarms depending, or I'm sorry, you set your meals. Um, you can use alarms to set your meals uh, four hours apart or so, right? Um, so that's kind of where I was saying, you don't necessarily have to eat breakfast. You can, or maybe you eat breakfast at like 10, 30, 11. Well, then four hours later is like, you know, two, three o'clock. Okay. And that's kind of when you have lunch and that that's perfectly fine. Right. Most of us tend to have, if we do eat breakfast, we tend to have a large gap between. So if you eat breakfast at, I don't know, seven, and then you eat lunch at 12, a lot of us don't eat dinner until like seven. Right. So that's kind of a long gap. So you want to eat at least three times, but you also want to eat at least every four hours. So to that end, you know, if you ate breakfast at seven, lunch at 12, you would still need to eat something else again at four and then, you know, dinner at whatever time you eat dinner. So just to kind of, you know, keep that in mind that you're eating about every four hours, if that means that you're eating more than three times, great, but it does not have to be another meal. It can be a snack, right? So it doesn't have to be a meal where you're getting all three of those food groups. It's just that you have to eat something every four hours and you have to have within your day of eating, you have to have at least three meals, at least three food groups per meal. Um, of those three food groups, you have to have a protein, a starch, uh, or, you know, a, a grain. So I, starches and grains are kind of the same thing. So it's like, you know, like a potato, it could also be bread, rice, you know, anything like that. Um, and then it has to have a fruit or a vegetable. And that's where we start, right? Um, for most people, that is kind of a, a big jump. Um, for a lot of people kind of here recently, um, well, I'll, I'll take a step back. I would say for a lot of people, adding that protein in a third time is kind of a big, oh, I, I really wasn't eating enough protein, <laughs> you know, and um, sometimes breakfast protein can be kind of tricky. Um, you know, certainly there are things like, you know, sausage, bacon, eggs, all of those kinds of things do count as a protein. But if you're not wanting to do that, or you just, you know, you're running out the door and you don't have time to fix that, um, things like a protein bar, a protein shake, um, making a smoothie that has, you know, maybe some oats, some fruit, and then you add protein powder to it, something like that. Um, those kinds of things can count as your protein. Um, so I think it's important to just, you know, even if you have, for example, you know, peanut butter toast and, you know, 
strawberries on it or blueberries or whatever, like that still counts, right? Um, it can be any, you know, starch, grain, protein or, or fruit, or, you know, if you want to eat vegetables, like if you want to have a Denver omelet, great, but you don't have to, in order to kind of meet those requirements. Um, same goes for, I find that starches and grains are kind of just because of the whole keto surge. A lot of people are kind of almost like subconsciously restricting those foods. Um, so even if they're not necessarily following like an intentional low carb or a keto diet, they just have this perception either because it's just how they're used to eating or because of all the lies diet culture has told them that things like bread, rice, you know, tortilla, like tacos, um, I'm trying to think of other, um, pasta, those kinds of things should be shied away from. Um, and again, there's, there's a lot in that, that we unpack and unlearn, but a lot of times kind of when people are just getting started, they don't realize how much they're actually restricting those things. Um, and as I've said before, and as I will say over and over and over again, probably until the day I die, um, your body needs carbs, right? So if you find that you're tired, you're sluggish, um, a lot of times people call it like brain fog, like it's probably just because you're not eating enough and specifically you're not eating enough carbs. Um, that's probably the thing people come to me with the most like, Oh man, like I feel like there's just like something catastrophically wrong with me, you know, hormonally. And there certainly could be, you know, I'm not, I'm not any way trying to discourage anyone from, you know, getting those things checked out. But I would say at least seven to eight times out of 10, it's just because the person's not eating enough and specifically they're not eating enough carbs. Um, and once we increase those things, then like all of their symptoms go away, right? If we, you know, check out their nutrition, you know, looks fine, or they start eating more and they're eating enough carbs and they're still experiencing those symptoms. Yeah. Then we definitely go and get blood work done um, and, and talk through that. But I would say, like I said, at least seven to eight times out of 10, it's, it's just because we're not eating enough. So um, that is kind of my quick little ditty for you today of kind of how I tend to start people on their food freedom journey, even though it is a regimented schedule and it is kind of a structured plan. It's technically a rule. Um, I find that getting kind of that it's starting to a baseline, right? And what that does is it acclimates your body to eating close to what it needs in a day. So it gets your body close to, you know, the amount of protein, carbohydrates and vitamins and minerals that you need. And that's how we start to develop trust, right? Cause you know, people find that, Oh, I can eat three meals. I can eat carbs and I'm not, you know, and I'm not gaining weight (laughs) and I'm not, you know, because I'm well-nourished because these meals are balanced. I'm not feeling certain needs for cravings. I'm not having, you know, certain urges because I'm not restricting things. I don't feel the need to kind of go nuts on the ice cream and things like that. Um, it really opens up a lot of doors for people. You'd be surprised at kind of how powerful it's a very simple tip. Very, very simple. Um, like I said, very simple rule. Um, but it is a really good starting point place. And then kind of once your body gets used to that balance and it gets used to that routine, 
then we can kind of start tuning into it a little bit more and kind of learn, okay, what is my body really telling me today? Because once we've kind of had that established baseline of balanced nutrition, we can rely on things like hunger cues. We can rely on things like craving signals. We can rely on things like fatigue and, you know, tiredness and stuff like that to tell us what our body needs. But a lot of times for people, when they first come to me, those signals just simply aren't reliable because we have done so much warping of them with all of these yin yang yo-yo diets, etc. Um, so I hope all of that makes sense. And I hope that it is helpful for you all. Um, let me know in the comments if that's something that you found helpful. If you would like more quick tips like this um, and otherwise I will see you all next week.